0: Welcome to the Market2Online podcast. My name is James Brown. All you creators out there, listen up. Marketing online is tough. I get it. I'm here to help new and not so new creators reimagine their online strategies and finally live the life of their dreams. If you've been struggling for a while or you're just getting started, welcome. Welcome to the Market to Online Podcast. Good day, friends. Welcome back. Some of you listening in today have already taken the plunge to start your own business. Good for you. Others of you have not and are still gathering information. But there's one thing that's nagging at the back of your mind. How well can I operate a business just by myself. Surely you think you can't just keep on doing that indefinitely. The next thing is to hire or team up with others as you begin to scale your business. Isn't that what success looks like? Well, according to author Paul Jarvis, the answer is an emphatic no. Jarvis has a book that takes a surprisingly unconventional view of career and business success. In his book, Company of One, Why Staying Small is the Next Big Thing for Business, he overturns conventional wisdom and argues that the key to a more fulfilling career is not to create and scale a new startup, but rather Be able to work for yourself. Determine your hours and become a highly profitable and sustainable company of one. So here's just a few tips for doing this successfully. Number one, become too small to fail. The typical business advice is to build a company that's too big to fail. The problem is large companies fail all the time. The average lifespan of a publicly traded company on the S&P 500 is really only 15 years. Large companies are very fragile because they require so many resources, like human capital, financial capital, etc. And they just can't move quickly or pivot when needed. Instead, focus on building something that, in effect, is too small to fail. You can adapt a small company of one to ride out recessions, adjust to changing customer motivations, and ignore competition by being smaller and more focused. Number two, pursue an exist strategy. Success ought not be measured by quarterly profit increases or ever-growing customer acquisition or even by your ability to create an exit strategy and leave with more than you entered with. Instead, Natasha Lampard of the internet conference WebStock says, you can focus on an exist strategy based on sticking around, profiting, and serving your customers the best you can. Your success can be measured by being profitable quickly as you stay small and build real relationships with your customers because it pays off over time. Long term, loyal customers will sometimes hang around for years, continuing to support your business financially. Number three, bigger isn't better. Not all growth is beneficial, and some growth can reduce your resilience and your autonomy. Scaling up seems to make sense Want more customers? Well, hire more employees. Need more revenue? Well, spend more. Are you fielding more support requests? Build a bigger support team. But scaling up might not be the best or smartest solution to your underlying problem. As a means of generating higher profits, what if you acquired more customers only by creating more efficiency? So you didn't have to hire more people. What if you generate more revenue by finding a way to spend less, again, for higher profits? What if you responded to the growth and support requests by finding a better way to teach your customers how to use what you sell so they didn't have to ask questions as often? What if you didn't have to work more hours to finish a project, but just more efficiently? so you could even then enjoy more of your life away from work. Growth, in the typical business sense, isn't always a smart strategy, if it's followed blindly. Much of the research reported in Paul Jarvis's book strongly suggests that blind growth is a leading cause of business problems. It can leave you with an unattainable number of employees, Unsustainable costs and more work than hours in a day. It can force you to lay off employees, sell your company at a less than optimal price, or even worse, close up shop entirely. What if you worked instead toward growing smaller, smarter, more efficient, and more resilient? Number four, use scalable systems. Sometimes, of course, growth is required when it aligns with your overall purpose and when growth in profit, customers, or reach is needed. However, companies of one can look to simple and repeatable systems to facilitate scale with no need for more employees or resources. By continually working toward reducing one-to-one points of contact, With customers and focusing instead on one-to-many relationships, a company of one can scale its connection with customers without actually scaling its business. And a perfect example of this is email marketing. It requires the same amount of effort to send an email to 3,000, 5,000, or 50,000 people as it does to send that same email to one person. And this is precisely why most companies of one rely heavily on newsletters and email automation. These are powerful tools for building relationships, trust, and even revenue. With an average return on investment of 3,800 percent, according to the Data and Marketing Association, email marketing is a valid model for scaling without scale. Number five, harness your personality. Systems for connections don't work simply by turning them on and watching them increase profits. This would be like believing you can plant a real money tree. Work is required at the onset and through iteration to ensure that these systems are functioning optimally. Personality is still needed, even with automated customer communication for these systems to be effective. Number six, personalize your channels. The point of scalable connecting is to make customers and potential customers feel as though they're getting on-demand information as they need it, not being relegated to an infinite loop of unhelpful and frustrating computer-generated responses. Using personalization and segmentation And connection channels like email is key. You want to send the right email to the right person at the right time. Otherwise, you may be sending out a blast of messages that may not even be relevant, like a sales pitch, to a customer who's already purchased the product. Number seven, resilience is required. Dean Becker, the CEO of Adaptive Learning Systems has been researching and developing programs around the idea of resilience since 1997. His company found that the level of resilience a person exhibits determines their business success far more than their level of education, training, or experience. Being resilient means that a business has to accept reality, have a sense of purpose, and possess the ability to adapt when needed. It's more difficult for larger companies to be resilient because they have so many moving parts, require so many resources and people, and have a much harder time pivoting quickly when things change. In contrast, a smaller company of one can be nimble and agile to changes in markets, customers, and trends. Number 8. Solopreneurism is a myth working for yourself doesn't necessarily mean working by yourself even if your company is just you there are still times when you'll need to collaborate with others from contributors to partners to clients collaboration is a double-edged sword technology allows us to connect in real time easily but that the expense of Focused deep work. Number nine, you can't do everything. It's difficult for any person to do all the things, be an expert at all the things, and find time to get all the things done. It seems stressful to hold the belief that because you work for yourself, you should work by yourself. In many companies of one, They operate efficiently because they have a handful of freelancers they pay to help with everything from SEO to copy editing to podcast engineering to legal and accounting. Many also partner up with other folks who own and run separate businesses to create things that are more than the sum of our expertise and skills. These businesses only work well because they surround themselves with smart and talented people they can work with. And finally, number 10, you need to guard against loneliness. It's also sometimes super lonely to work for yourself. Even if you're a super-duper introvert, you may at times still feel the weight of sitting by yourself in your home office Every day. That's why it is always good to make an effort to do things with other people, like grab coffee with local friends once a month or so. You can also Skype, FaceTime, or Zoom with other folks who run online businesses without a business reason to do so, just to connect. Hey, why not join a sci fi book club or several other relatable activities? with other tech nerds who run businesses. Whether we like it or not, humans are social creatures, so we can't see it being mentally beneficial to hold away in solitude forever. When we aren't given the community of co-workers, we have to make our own. Other people make us better in life, in business, in everything. This doesn't mean we should hire lots of them as full-time employees to fuel the grow-and-tell-we're-profitable mentality. But it does mean that we have to work at not being completely solo because it'll only hurt our business if we have the belief that we can do everything ourselves just because we work for ourselves. Well, that's the end of this podcast today. I'll see you again next week. No matter if you're new to online marketing or a struggling veteran, keep coming back, where you will learn how to develop your online strategies so you can achieve the success you desire. Please click on the subscribe button or inside the podcast app you're using, click follow so you will not miss even one exciting episode. You've been listening to the Market to Online podcast where we help new and not so new creators reimagine their online strategies and finally live the life of their dreams. Thanks for listening.